as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Impala Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot And I am Andy Wilson, also a Big Shiny Robot And we got two movies for you today We've got the uh, raunchy comedy Office Christmas Party as well as the uh, Sundance uh, slash Oscar bait, Manchester by the Sea. Uh, I'll let you guess which one of them we liked first, but in case you had any doubt, <laughs> let's start with Office Christmas Party. Yeah. So not a not a bad movie, but no, just no, not 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 an Oscar movie. All right. So the story takes place in Chicago uh, with a small kind of struggling firm called Zenotech. They sell servers and internet type software and services. Uh, it's run by. Clay Vanstone and Josh Parker, who are played by T.J. Miller and Jason Bateman, respectively. Uh, and they are basically trying to throw a big holiday Christmas party, but are kind of getting shut down by the owner, the CEO of the company, Carol Vanstone, who's uh, Clay's sister, also played by Jennifer Aniston. Uh, she comes to town, kind of plays the Grinch, and says things like, hey, we're going to close the place down, we're going to fire people, uh, unless you can make some money really fast. So they go out of their way. To put on a big show to hire one last prospective client who would possibly deliver them millions upon millions of dollars and everyone's you know is happy and the business doesn't close. So the whole movie revolves around basically the shenanigans that take place at this you know, titular Christmas party. And as you would expect, it's over the top, it's insane, it's raunchy. Um, and the best part of it all is that there's a very, very annoyed HR manager, played by Kate McKinnon, who is absolutely wonderful oh, yeah. and is the main reason to go see this movie. Uh, Andy, what do you think? Yeah, you know, this movie owes a lot to the kind of 80s raunchy sex comedy romp where the answer to everything was always, well, let's throw a big party and then that'll show yeah. everyone, right? <laughs> you know, from uh, Animal House to Break-In or, you know... Uh, Every single movie in the 80s, it's like, we're going to throw a big party and we're going to save the community center. That's basically this, except everyone is now grown up and uh, and it's set at Christmas time. It's pretty funny. I, I think the best thing about this was they, they decided that this movie was all about more is more. And so they kind of just throw every single joke and gag they can think of at the wall and see what mm -hmm. sticks. And a lot of it doesn't. But a lot of it does. And and so, you know, a joke doesn't land, a joke doesn't land. Ah, but that third one really landed, and that was really good. And then another one doesn't land, and then another one really does. Um, but speaking of more is more, like, let's just talk about this cast. So, Oh, everyone's you know, in this. Everyone is in this movie. You, you mentioned Jason Bateman, T.J. Miller, Jennifer Aniston, Kate McKinnon. Then you've got Olivia Munn as kind of the, the head programmer and... Mm -hmm. uh, Olivia, I make nerds look good, Mun. <laughs> yeah, just a uh, little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, Courtney Vance, uh, who was on Law and Order for a little while, uh, he's he's the guy that they're trying to get. Not very funny, but plays a good straight man in here. Uh, Jillian Bell plays uh, a a pimp. <laughs> who oh, one she's of the? So, she's so good in this. Oh my gosh. One of the one of the struggling uh, nerds in the office hires a prostitute to uh, pretend to be his girlfriend for the party, and yeah, and and she's hilarious. 
Rob Corddry plays an irascible salesman. And yeah, Rob Corddry, you kind of know what you're getting. Vanessa Bayer, uh, Kate McKinnon's Saturday Night Live co-host. I love her. I actually love her almost as much as I love Kate McKinnon, and especially in this movie. And she's just, she's so sweet. And she <laughs> just keeps getting all of the worst things happening to her, including a would-be love triangle with Randall Park from Fresh Off the Boat. <laughs> oh my, that is like the most awkward scene in the movie. Well, actually, no, there there are some other really tasteless things in it. But th- that's just a taste of who's in this movie. And th- think about, like, that huge cast. And every single person gets something to do. They all get funny things that happen to them. They all get good lines. And they're obviously given a huge amount of room to improvise in here. And that's kind of the problem. Is because there's so much, it's it's like someone decided to show up at the office Christmas party and spike the punch. Yeah, And then another person decided to show up and spike the punch. And then another person decided to show up and spike the punch. And it's like eight people spiked it with different types of booze. And so now it's so strong. And it's so ridiculous. And it's not balanced. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily taste bad. But you're just like, whew, that is a crap load of alcohol. <laughs> and not a lot of flavor <laughs> along with that. Um so uh, that that's what you get is you get a really really strong raunchy comedy with um I think the grossest eggnog gag I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, that with that ice culture. Ugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is there is some terrible humor in here. Uh, and and I have one more problem with the ending, but but we'll we'll talk about that in a second. Why don't you tell me more about what what you were thinking. So I I guess my biggest problem with this movie was um, you know, because I, I saw the movie Why Him this week and we, we can't talk about that quite yet but that mm-hmm. was a legitimately hilarious Christmas movie. Like I was I literally hurt walking out of that theater. I think I laughed three times in this movie. I didn't find it that funny. Um, it was entertaining enough and you know again we have a great cast there, there are funny people in it Uh so there, was, there wasn't really a moment when I was looking at my watch, you know, thinking, when the hell is this movie over? But yeah, just a lot, like you said, a lot of it just kind of fell flat. They threw everything against the wall. And for me, a lot less stuff than maybe for you. Uh, I will say, yeah, there's some funny guys at the ice sculpture, the uh, with Randall Park doing the whole baby thing. Uh, and, and again, every time Kate McKinnon was on screen, she absolutely stole the movie. She was, they, she was the only reason why I laughed at this movie. So I, I think I wanted to like it more than I did, just because it was, it was, it felt like it was all filler and no killer. Yeah, and speaking of all filler, no killer, like Jason Bateman, like shows up and picks up a paycheck in this movie. Like he is doing the absolute bare oh, he's minimum. He's so bored, and and he's like, he's playing the exact same character that he has played in everything for the last fifteen years. Like, the, the the only time this guy has stepped outside of the box was in Dodgeball. And, like, ever since then, he's just, like, playing Michael Bluth version 5.0. And, yeah. you know, you can... That can only take you so far. And you can only be so, like, oh, these crazy people around me, but I guess I'm going along with it for so long. I mean, it works, but you're just... Yeah, it... it the 
since he's supposed to be such an integral part of the movie, it, it just, I don't know. That was, that didn't work for me, and I wish that they'd been able to do something else there. The it second... kind of felt the same way with uh, T.J. Miller, too, because as much as he was the main part of the story, it was and like he drove lots of the plot, it, I don't know, it just felt like he wasn't in it that much. I mean, maybe it was just me, but... He, you know, for well, someone who's exactly, yeah, and that's I guess that's kind of the point. Like, there when you have so much, so many talented people in one room, you can only focus on so many at a time before you just kind of lose track of who's there. And exactly, oh yeah, it's it's it it tries really hard. I, I think it would be really really fun to watch the deleted scenes and see a lot of the jokes they didn't use. I mean, this thing has yeah. like what I think six writers for it. Uh, it was six, six. Yeah, it's that's it, just six insane writers. and. I don't know what the writers were doing because the, sometimes it's like well, the, the it, whole point of the plot getting in the way of the story. It's like just let yeah. people be in a room, be fun, and do their thing. You don't need to throw in like, oh my god, Jennifer Aniston's a crazy bitch and she's going to come in here and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I don't know. And, and that's <clears> the <throat> second major problem that I have with this was that when the plot really does get in the way of the movie, the last ten minutes really didn't work for me. It's like everybody has to learn a lesson and you have to tie everything up in a little bow and Christmas magic happens and everybody's happy. Ugh. Just, wh why can't we... Why can't we not do that? I, I mean, I understand it's supposed to be a Christmas movie, but I, I would applaud a movie that would think outside the box well enough to be like, no, we're just gonna... We're, we're just gonna have things, like not work out before yeah and see yeah but as, as much as this is like a quote-unquote christmas movie this isn't one you're gonna bring grandma to you know this is oh it, it's well it i don't know maybe earns, <laughs> it, it definitely earns our rating and that's actually another thing i have a problem with too is um obviously i'm no prude or anything but if you're gonna have like a raunchy comedy make it do it right don't just throw in stuff for the sake that you can have an r rating like there's a scene where they're they're photocopying their butts and some guy whips out his penis and starts photocopying that, and you get, and they show it to you. Like, I didn't need to see that. Like, if you look at yeah. a movie like Popstar, where there's a very prolonged penis joke, it's actually funny, because it fits with that what's going funny. on, and it's hilarious. But throwing in nudity just for the sake of nudity is... It, does, it doesn't work for me, and I don't understand why they would have done that. It's... Yeah. yeah. So, they, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I think they were really trying to push the boundaries of what they could get away with in an R-rated movie. And and they did. I mean, there there was stuff in here that probably if this had come out in the nineties, they would have been like, Nope, sorry, NC seventeen. Like, what? So that, that's yeah, fine. I'm, I'm, inter I'm interested for you to see why me why him. Uh, because yeah. that is the raunchy holiday movie that does it well and uh, doesn't have to throw in a ton a ton of penis jokes or penis shots to get its R rating and deserve its raunchiness. So I don't know. We had another one of these kind of movies last year with The Night Before, and and that movie managed to be crazy and subversive while also being a little bit sweet, and it worked. It was really yeah. well-balanced, and um, mostly due to the magic of Michael Shannon, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but but this oh, movie doesn't work. That. For, I love him in that. Oh. Yeah. This movie doesn't work for all of the reasons that The Night Before did. The Night Before was very focused. It knew what it was trying to say. It had a very clear message. This doesn't. It's just, let's let's take a bunch of funny people, put them in a room, and see what happens. 
and and we get some funny things out of it. But what what you're left with is a big Christmas grab bag of funny things, rather than like a cohesive whole. Yeah, I, I think we just need to just put all this to rest and just give Kate McKinnon her own one woman show. Because um, I didn't watch that for an hour and a half. Because just her character in this movie, it it's almost worth going to watch the movie for her. So, but it's not quite that that worth it. So, I would say maybe wait for Redbox. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in, in the long year. run, I didn't I didn't hate this. I didn't love it. It's just kind of there. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you, in two months from now, when you ask me about it, I'm gonna be like, what? What, what movie was that? I don't I don't, I don't remember. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm at a five out of ten. Uh, right down the middle, it's just an okay film. There, are, you know, there are worse things out there. If you know, someone does drag you to this, you're not going to hate it, uh, but yeah. you're not going to walk out you know, with a smile on your face like they wanted you to. I liked it just the tiniest bit more. Uh, I think more of the jokes worked for me than than they did for you, and and so I'm at a six and a half. Still not great, but uh, it, it's. It's not the worst thing, and this this movie could have been a train wreck. Like, let's let's be very clear: this movie could have oh, been yeah, yeah. absolutely terrible. And it's only because of the talent of its main cast that it was able to skirt by on this. But not amazing. Speaking of a uh, talented main cast, <laughs> our next oh, movie is Manchester by the Sea. Uh, this was again a Sundance release last year, which I missed actually. I uh, I was going to go see it, and then I had, ended up having to work during that time, but. Uh, it's, well, it's kind of, it's, it's a tragedy mixed with a little bit of comedy, and it just, I don't know, it's, it's a very sad movie. What, um, yeah. Andy, why don't you tell us about it? The people who are familiar with, with Kenneth Lonergan and his previous work, uh, You Can Count On Me, which I think is one of the best movies of the last decade and a half, and the movie that launched my, um, lifelong love, love of Mark Ruffalo. This is very much in that same vein. Heavy on the tragedy and the drama, but with a lot of uh, comedy and um, dark humor and comic relief built in. This is a, the very, very sad story of Lee Chandler, who's played by Casey Affleck, who is sort of an irascible curmudgeon of a janitor and caretaker in, of a series of par- apartment buildings in Boston. And he gets a phone call one day that uh, his older brother, Joe, who's played by Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights, uh, he's died of congestive heart failure. And so he has to come up and put his affairs in order. And that includes uh, taking care of Joe's 16-year-old son, Patrick, and and dealing with him, uh, for whom he did not know that he was being named legal guardian and being put in charge of uh, all of his brother's affairs, which uh, includes his, his house, his, his commercial fishing boat, and so on and so forth. Now, Lee and Joe have a, kind of a backstory. This is a very small town in New England. Yeah, Everybody knows everyone. Knows everyone. everyone knows everyone. And, uh, and there's some history, and everywhere that Lee goes, uh, everyone's like, oh my god. That's Lee Chandler. And you don't quite know why they're saying that. Is he is he some hero? Is he some has-been, washed-up guy? Uh, what What's going on? But everyone knows who he is. And as the story unfolds, which about a third of this movie is told in flashbacks, 
and you find out exactly what he's been through and why it's so hard for him to be in this small town of Manchester and you will just need an entire box of tissues. It is Yeah, just just a bit. Yeah. It is it is hard and painful to watch, but man, Casey Affleck is amazing in this. Uh I thought Kyle Chandler was was great in this too. Um but even even better in some ways is is Michelle Williams who plays uh Lee's estranged wife, ex-wife. And it, she's just phenomenal. Um I I think that both Affleck and Williams could get Oscar nominations for their work here. And and this movie is just that pure Oscar bait type of movie. Um it, it's it's a little bit predictable in that way. It's like, oh, here's some heavy tragedy and we're going to uh put these great actors through their paces and, and bring great performances out of them. But it's it's just really good and done very well and presents this uh, this pastiche of what the grieving process is about and what it's like and how hard it is and how all of us deal with grief in different ways and the ways that it's funny, the ways that it's tragic, the way that, that it sticks around for years and years and you can't shake it. Um, uh, just really moving. And when I walked out, I'm just like... You know, I feel depressed, but I also feel like, huh, my life isn't that bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm very yeah, grateful. If you're, if you're having yeah. a bad day and you want to feel better about your life, go see this movie. It yeah. will cheer you up in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, you, you're absolutely right. It's, uh, you know, first and foremost, the performances are just absolutely fantastic. The one thing I love about this movie is uh, with... Like Casey Affleck and Michelle Williams, and especially Lucas Hedges, who plays uh, Patrick, oh yeah, is that it? The way they portray themselves, it comes across as effortless. Like they're not trying to like get into the role and do acting. Um, kind of one of the problems you have with uh, Eddie Redmayne is when he's in a film, you can see how hard he's acting, and for something like this, they're it's like you're not watching people in a performance you're just watching like a documentary and this is just this is real life these are people who are going through these situations and we're just kind of spying on them while it's happening so it's that's what makes a great performance and that's why I really think uh, we'll see a lot from Casey Affleck uh, and Lucas Hedges as we get more into award season and things start getting nominated and, uh, and winning stuff but yeah it's it's a tough movie to watch at times. I mean, thankfully, I was at home, so I could positive need be because there were a few moments where it was just almost too much. Like, there's a certain scene when you, we figure out, you know, who he is and what happened that was one of the most horrific things I've ever seen on, on camera. Not that it was bloody or gory or, you know, over the top, but it was just the most utterly horrifying thing I could possibly think that could happen to anyone. And it, it, that took me aback, and I was like, oh... This explains kind of why he is, what happened to him, uh, why the town's like, oh, that's Lee. You know, we, you know, it's it was just, it was a really, really strong moment, um, and one that I was glad I was able to step away from it because it was almost too much. Um, speaking of too much, my one big complaint with this film: at two hours and fifteen minutes, it's about twenty minutes too long. Um, yeah. And watching it, there's I can see there's there's some scenes that could easily have been chopped off that weren't there for any big reason it didn't really add to the story 
it didn't uh, further any character development and just didn't really need to be there. But it's still an absolutely fantastic film. Uh, it's one that I'm very, very happy I watched. Uh, and I can highly recommend it. Just when you go in, just make sure you know you're in for an emotional ride because there's a lot here. Yeah, so so where are you at in terms of a score overall for this? Um, I'm around an 8. Uh, maybe yeah. 8, 8.5 maybe. It's it's a fantastic movie. couple little problems, but easily some of the best performances of the year. And I'm really excited to see, um, to nominate and vote for a couple people for upcoming awards. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm at exactly the same place. Eight for me. Uh, this is really good. And of all of the movies that are out there right now that are of the Oscar bait, I think this is probably the best one. I, I went and did a thing that I sometimes like to do around this time of the year. And I went to the Alamo Draft House, and I saw three movies in a row. And I saw this, I saw Loving, and I saw Moonlight. And in in my opinion, this was the best of the three. Um, not that the others were were bad, but uh, this this worked for me in uh, in better ways than than those did. Yeah. And man, and, and same here. I, I've, yeah. I haven't seen Loving yet. I'm probably actually going to watch it after we're done here. Uh, but this definitely, of those two movies, was the best one I've seen so far. I, I think Casey Affleck has had a phenomenal year. I mean, he's he's given three really amazing performances in three movies that a lot of people didn't see. Triple Nine, Finest Hours, and this. And in in all three of those, he's one of the main reasons to go see that. Triple Nine, you've you've got a lot of other people in there that are, that are great. Anthony Mackie's great. Woody Harrelson's great in that, too. But the... You know, damn Casey Affleck, like get that Oscar <laughs> and then uh, show your brother up for once. Show your brother up, yeah, yeah. So, so cool. Well, that'll be taken for the end of this week. Uh, so, office Christmas party. If you get dragged to it, you're not going to hate it, but no need to rush out and see it. Uh, and Much Manchester like a real sea. office Christmas party. <laughs> exactly. No one really wants to be there. Um, yeah. And then Manchester by the Sea is our recommended of the week. It's moving, touching, deep. A little bit too long, uh, but overall the the best movie of the week. So um, it's your Oscar check that movie. One out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it's your Oscar movie this week. <laughs> uh, and of course, next week we've got Star Wars Rogue One. Um, yep. And I think that's about it. I think there might be something else coming out, but no one cares because oh come on, is anybody else really going to try and go up against Rogue One? Uh, <laughs> special thing as as soon as possible. After we see this, we're going to get together and rush out an episode. So hopefully you will hear from us by Tuesday or Wednesday um, whenever our embargo breaks and we can uh, tell you what we thought about Rogue One. I am so excited. I, yes, I have been and looking forward to this. Yeah, we. I am, I am for, for my rep at least, forbidden to review or at least spoilers until Tuesday. Uh, however, I am allowed to post reactions. So if you see some reactions online uh, Monday around noon, um, you'll know you'll know what's going on. So <laughs> yep. same here. So, all right, cool. Well, next week Star Wars. But until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. Punk ass tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key, he's gonna fly. Punk ass fly.